Well, hello, my friends. Welcome to Hope for Your Heart. This is Pastor Calvin Corbett. Glad that you're joining me today. This is part two for becoming an action-oriented person. Well, we learned a lot yesterday, but I want to begin by telling you the story and how we can understand the need for theology and doctrine. Many Christians, they only see bits and pieces of the Bible. And they missed a big picture of how all of Scripture holds together. Theology and doctrine provide that larger version of the entire Bible. In his book entitled The Social Animal, David Brooks illustrates the need for a big picture by using an illustration from the game of chess. He says a series of highly skilled players and a series of non-players were shown in a chessboard tournament for about five to 10 seconds each. Now, the grandmasters, they could remember every piece on the board. The average players, however, could only remember four or five pieces per board. Why did the chess grandmasters have such an amazing ability to remember the pieces? They didn't have superior IQs or better memories. Instead, we learned that the real reason the grandmasters could remember the game boards so well is that after so many years of study, they saw the boards in a different way. When average players saw the boards, they saw a group of individual pieces. When the masters saw the boards, they saw formations. Instead of seeing a bunch of letters on a page, they saw words, they saw paragraphs, they saw stories. Expertise is about forming internal connections so that the little pieces of information turn into a bigger networked chunks of information. Learning is not merely about accumulating facts, it is internalizing the relationship between pieces of information. Now, for believers, theology and doctrine are essential because they provide the big picture so that we can read scripture and see not just individual pieces of information, but we can see doctrine that enables us to see the relationship between the pieces of information and our lives. So when I'm talking about being an action-oriented person, I'm taking you right back to the Word of God. What did Paul say about how I can make the most of my life? What we learned yesterday was part one of our message. So if you missed that, if you'd like to hear this broadcast again, you can have a free download at buzzsprout.com backslash 1890557, or you can go to my church website, wwwhrcc 7 Org, and then click on Broadcast, Hope for Your Heart Broadcast, and it's all listed on there. Focus on the long term is what we learned yesterday, not just the short term. We want to learn, secondly, to focus on the how and not just the why. Look what Paul says in Philippians chapter 3, verse 16. But we must keep going in the direction that we're now headed, my friends. I want you to know my example is given to you and we need to learn to follow closely the example that we have set for you. Now, that's a contemporary English version. But Paul is saying that as we look at the long term, not just the short term, we also need to focus on the how we do what we do, not just the why. Let me explain this further, okay? We've got to learn to do right so that we can live right. 
the psalmist says that God shows those who are humble how to do right, and he teaches them his ways. Learning how to do right will lead to learning how to live right. The psalmist also said in Psalm 27, verse 11, teach me, O Lord, how to live. Lead me along the right path, for my enemies are waiting for me. I guess David could say, and I'm paraphrasing and putting it in a modern vernacular, Lord, allow me to see the whole chess board, not just individual pieces. Let me go down the right path so that I will not be entrapped by my enemies. And I guess you could say, an action-oriented believer is one who is experienced and living with a real relationship with Jesus Christ. You know, the greatness of God is not always clearly displayed. When we think about the glory of the gospel, we think about the fact that we have the Son, Jesus Christ, that is given to us. Jesus was driving home the point, and he asked his disciples, who do you say that I am? Now, the question is doubly critical, I think, for our day and age, because nobody is as popular as Jesus. As a matter of fact, we just came out of the Super Bowl, and I was told that there was some commercials that were talking about Jesus and, and how he gets us. And so Jesus is popular, right? Not every Jesus, however, is the real Jesus. I mean, you think about where our culture is today. I mean, there's a Republican Jesus who is against tax increases against activist judges, for family values, for owning guns, right? I guess we could call that the Republican Jesus. And then there's the Democrat Jesus, who is against Wall Street, against Walmart, is for reducing carbon footprint, and for printing a bunch of money. And by the way, this list I'm giving you today was not my idea. So if you don't like it, uh, you can take it up with Kevin DeYoung. He has an article called the real Jesus. And he says, well, there's also some who believe there's a therapist Jesus. And that is the Jesus who helps us to cope with life's problems. He heals our past and he tells us how valuable we are and that we shouldn't be so hard on ourselves. Then there's the Starbucks Jesus who drinks fair trade coffee, loves spiritual conversations, drives a hybrid and goes to film festivals. Well, then there's the open-minded Jesus, who loves everyone all the time, no matter what, except for those who are not as open-minded as you. And then there's the touchdown Jesus, who helps athletes and helps them to run faster, jump higher than non-Christians, and determines the outcome of Super Bowls. Then there's the martyr Jesus. Oh, he was a good man who died a cruel death, so we can feel really sorry for him. Then there's the gentle Jesus, who is meek and mild, with high cheekbones, flowing hair, walks around barefoot, wearing a sash, while looking very German, right? Then there's the hippie Jesus, who teaches everyone to give peace a chance, imagines a world without religion, and helps us remember that all you need is love. Oh, then there's the yuppie Jesus, who encourages us to reach our full potential, reach for the stars and buy a boat. Then there's the spirituality Jesus, who hates religions, hates churches, pastors, priests, and doctrine, 
Who would rather have people just out in nature, finding a God within them, while listening to spiritual music? Well, then there's the platitude Jesus. Good for Christmas specials, greeting cards, and bad sermons, inspiring people to believe in themselves. Then there's the revolutionary Jesus, who teaches us to rebel against the status quo, to stick it to the man, and to blame things on the system. Well, then there's the guru Jesus, who is a wise, inspirational teacher who believes in you and helps you to find your center or find yourself. Then there's the boyfriend Jesus, who wraps his arms around us as we sing about his intoxicating love in our secret place. Uh, There's good example Jesus, who shows you how to help people, how to change the planet, and how to become a better you. And then there's Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. Not just another prophet, not just another rabbi, not just a wonder worker. He was the one they had been waiting for. Ah, the Son of David and Abraham's chosen seed, the one to deliver us from captivity. The goal of the Mosaic law, Yahweh in the flesh. Jesus was in the flesh the one to establish God's rule and God's reign, the one who heals the sick, the one who gave sight to the blind, freedom to the prisoners, who proclaimed the good news to the poor, the Lamb of God, who came to take away the sins of the world. This was the Creator Jesus, come to the earth in the beginning of a new creation. He embodied the covenant, fulfilled the commandments, and reversed the curse. This Jesus is the Christ that God spoke of to the serpent. Christ prefigured to Noah in the flood. The Christ promised to Abraham. The Christ prophesied through Balaam before the Moabites. The Christ guaranteed to Moses before he died. The Christ promised to David when he was king. The Christ revealed to Isaiah as the suffering servant. The Christ predicted through the prophets and prepared through John the Baptist. This Christ is not a reflection of the current mood or the projection of our own desires. He is our Lord. He is our God. He is the Father's Son, Savior of the world, and substitute for our sins more loving and more holy and more wonderfully terrifying than we ever thought possible. Oh, if you want to become an action-oriented person, you've got to learn to do right and live right, but you've also got to realize I can't isolate myself. I must insulate myself with winners. You know, in the Old Testament, we have the story of King Uzziah. King Uzziah obeyed God, and he did wonderful. But there's a little understanding as to why he did good. It says that King Uzziah obeyed God while Zechariah was alive. Why did he do so well while Zechariah was alive? Because Zechariah taught Uzziah how to respect and how to obey God. And as long as Uzziah obeyed the Lord, God gave him success. Listen, God will give you success. You can't isolate yourself from people. Oh, you need to insulate yourself from the 
negative influences of our world, but God has brought people into our lives for a reason. Don't become a person that thrives on isolation. Listen, I know sometimes we need to come apart so that we don't fall apart. I'm not talking about getting to a lonely place to have your quiet time, spend some time with the Lord. Hey, we need to do that every single day. I'm talking about intentionally isolating yourself. Don't be an isolationist. As a matter of fact, I was reading this story about the Ledbetter family. Uh, The Ledbetter family, they love to spend time together at their home, just not in the same room. So they built a 3,600-square-foot house with special rooms for studying and sewing, separate living areas for each kid, and a master bedroom far from all the other bedrooms. Then there's the escape room, where Mr. Ledbetter says, any family member can go to get away from the rest of us. This Mercer Island, Washington industrial designer says his 7- and 11-year-old daughters fight less because they are separated, and they have created ways to avoid each other. He says it just doesn't make sense for us to do everything together all the time. Well, after two decades of pushing this open floor plan where most houses are built today, Here we have a separate kitchen and a separate living room and separate rooms for everyone. Being separated from others, they've discovered that this seclusion is only good for one thing. It's only good for the dysfunctional family. You see, God never designed us to be isolated. As a matter of fact, solitary confinement in the state of Virginia has been declared as cruel and unusual punishment, and laws are protecting those who are incarcerated from isolating themselves from everybody else, and by prohibiting long hours of solitary confinement. You see, people don't ever gather in the same spot If they don't ever gather in the same spot, they will be dysfunctional. God brings us into a community. That's why I love the church. That's why I love hanging around with God's people. That's why I love my small group, because we have opportunities to encourage each other. Now listen, COVID has caused many to isolate themselves from each other, but let's get back together. Let's worship together. Let's serve together. Let's do life together. You're going to discover that you'll be more action-oriented if you hang out with other people. Now, I know that people can be draining, but people also are energizing. Many times, I go to visit people. And not too long ago, I was visiting somebody, and as I was visiting this person, they were so discouraged. They were so down. They were just beat down by the world, and they were just beat down because of some health issues. And I just went and I prayed with them, and I read a few scriptures with them. And you know that person, after a few minutes, they were energized. You know who else got energized? I got energized because God put me in a place where I could be a blessing to somebody. 
Listen, God never intended you to do this Christian thing by yourself. He wants you to do it in community. I find that when I bless others, I myself am blessed. I become much more action-oriented. We need the encouragement of others, but we also need the guidance of others. In Proverbs eleven fourteen, it says, Where no wise guidance is, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. I want you to know, God brings people in our lives to give us wise counsel, to keep us safe, to keep us from falling. That's where our hope is. You know, there really are no hopeless situations. There are only men and women who grow hopeless about them. During the Great Chicago Fire, a man had his shop burned to the ground. He wrote a note that said, Everything lost except wife, children, and hope. Business will resume as usual tomorrow. You see, one of the greatest discoveries a man makes, one of the greatest surprises, is to find that he can do what he was afraid he could not do. Somebody gave me this wonderful acrostics for the word best. B-E-S-T. Letter B stands, believes in you. Oh, I want you to know, I believe in you. God believes in you. You can do far more than you think you can. I believe that God has given you a vision. God has given you a plan. God has given you all the resources that you need to live the abundant Christian life. God believes in you, and so do I. So why don't you start believing in yourself? Why don't you make today, the day that you make some really good decisions to move on and to move on ahead in your life? Maybe it means going back to school. Maybe it means getting a different job. Maybe it means starting a new adventure in your life. Maybe it means getting back to church. Listen, I know a lot of times people drop out of church because they get hurt by somebody in the church. Can I tell you something about being hurt? You know, as I was growing up, I got hurt a lot at school. I wasn't the smartest kid in the class, and I had people made fun of me when I was in school. But you know what I decided? I'm going to school anyway. I decided to push myself. I decided to learn some things. And as a result, God blessed me, and I made it through school. I didn't let hurt stop me. You know, I've been hurt at Walmart. Yeah, Walmart. Yeah, one time I went to Walmart and I got falsely accused of taking something. I'm just pushing my cart through, hadn't even left the store. Well, thankfully, they had cameras that showed that I hadn't taken anything, but that was a hurting experience that I got falsely accused for taking something from Walmart. You know, that doesn't stop me from going to Walmart. I've learned to just keep on keeping on. Listen, so many times we do things. You might have got hurt at work. Well, you're not going to stop working just because you got hurt at work. Uh, You get past it. You keep working through it. Maybe you got hurt by a family member. Well, don't give up on your family just because you got hurt by one. And the same is true with church. Maybe you got hurt with somebody at church. Hey, can I apologize on behalf of the church that you got hurt? Now go on. Get past it. God believes in you. And I believe in you. Start believing that God has a plan for your life. Letter E. 
Letter E stands for encourage you. Encouragement. You know, God gives us his word to encourage. And those who are most encouraged are those who share that encouragement with others. When a person gets discouraged, they've lost all their courage. When they are encouraged, they've been infused with hope. I find the best way to stay encouraged is to encourage somebody else. Whenever I start feeling sorry for myself, you can discover in life that there's somebody out there who has it worse than you. You are discouraged because you're looking at those who have it better than you. You can't help that. There's always going to be people in life that have it better than you, but there's also going to be people who have it worse than you. So believe the best. Believe in you. Believe an encouragement in you. And then letter S stands, shares with you. Those who believe the best of you are the ones who are sharing with you, sharing information, sharing material blessings, sharing information that can help you to be a better you, sharing their time with you. Those who believe in the best will be those who will be sharing with you. Letter T, those who believe in the best of you are those who trust you. Trust is an amazing thing. Now, trust is earned. It's not a gift. But those who trust in you, they have seen your life. They've seen the pattern of your life, and they believe the best in you. Oh, I want to encourage you, my friend, as you have listened to this broadcast today, realize that God's got a wonderful plan for you, and he believes the best for you. He is confident that you will exceed and you will excel. So I want to give you a challenge, okay? When you look at your life, find somebody that you can encourage today. There is a tremendous ministry in the ministry of encouragement. Pray for the salvation of your friends. Pray that God gives you the opportunity to share the gospel with people you come in contact with. The gospel is the good news of the death, the burial, the resurrection of Christ. I want to challenge you today. Do your best for the Lord, and he will give you his best. Well, in the remaining few minutes that we have, I want to invite you to come and to worship with us on Easter Sunday. Easter in the year 2023 is on April the 9th. I would love to see you come worship with us at 7 o'clock, 8.30, or 11. We're doing three morning services on Easter. And then at 9.45, for your children and your grandchildren, we're doing our annual Easter egg hunt. This year is going to be a little different. We're doing it with the Stations of the Cross so that the kids understand the significance of the cross as they are hunting for these eggs. It's going to be a great event. I can't wait for Easter to get here. So you can register for the Easter egg hunt. If you go to our website, it's up right now. You can look at our church website. If you just click on the front page where it says to register for the Easter egg hunt, you can go ahead and register for that. We would love to see you on Easter Sunday. Now, if you want to get there early for the 7 a.m. service, that'd be great. We'd love to see you at the 7 a.m. service. If you want to come at the 8.30 service, that'd be a great service to attend. That will probably be our most populated service at 8.30, because right after that is the Easter egg hunt. If you want to come to the 11 o'clock service, by the time we get to the 11 o'clock service, man, we'll be well rehearsed and we'll be ready for you to come and worship with us. I can't wait for Easter. We celebrate the resurrection of Christ every Sunday, but Easter Sunday is a special Sunday, and so it'd be a great time to invite somebody to come to church with you. Now, if I can pray for a lost one that you have, 
that you would like to see come to a saving knowledge of Christ, would you send me their name? 252-267-2365. Shoot me a text, and I will personally pray for that person. And then I'm going to get about 20 other people to pray for that person's salvation. Just shoot me a text, 252-267-2365. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope to see you on Easter Sunday. Now listen, you don't have to wait to Easter to come see us. Every Sunday at 9 and 1045, you can come worship with us. Lord, thank you for our wonderful broadcast audience who faithfully listens, who faithfully prays for this ministry. Lord, I pray that as they are driving down the road or or whatever they're doing at this moment, that they will realize that they have a purpose in their life. And you've called them to be action-oriented. And you've called them to do great and mighty things that brings glory to you and and lifts others up and, and is a blessing to follow through with the plan that you have for our lives. Thank you for giving us this wonderful avenue to share the gospel wherever we go. We love you because you first loved us. Thank you, Lord, for being with us today. And we pray this all in the name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Amen. If you'd like to hear this broadcast again, you can have a free download at buzzsprout.com backslash 1890557, or you can listen on Amazon, Spotify, Google Podcast, and Apple Podcast. Hickory Ridge Community Church is located at 3320 Battlefield Boulevard South in Chesapeake, Virginia. Sunday service times are 9 a.m. and 1030 a.m. We'd love for you to join us. For more information, go to hrcc7.org. And remember, no matter what you're going through, in Jesus Christ, there is always hope for your heart.